I'm Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I am so excited about another episode of our podcast. Many of you know or have heard our mission statement. For those of you that have not, let me share that with you. It is All In Sports Outreach exists to share the hope and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and promote unity and racial reconciliation. We're going to talk about that in today's conversation with Coach Stephen Baca. Coach Baca is a program coordinator. We're a performance course. He works with athletes, middle school and high school in the Coppell, Texas School District in kind of the strength and conditioning coach for the athletic program. He's an incredible man of God. He's married to Amanda. They've been married a little over a year. Just a, a solid young man, on fire for Christ. I met him through our older son, Miles, having gone through some performance course training at his middle school and just came home and just said, Dad, this guy, Coach Baca, he's the real deal. He plays Christian music at school, and I just know he's a strong believer. You need to meet him. You need to reach out to him. You need to get him involved in All In. So I'm so excited that he has joined me today for this conversation. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach Baca. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So there may be some listeners who are not familiar with you or your background, so I thought it'd be good if you start with just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up, a little bit about your family, and what do you do now? Gotcha. That's, that's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, so I have four brothers. Um, I'm Coach's son. So um, born in Houston area and um, basically born on the sidelines of the football field and just... Um, my dad was a coach. My mom was a teacher. She stayed home with us, and um, my dad, we moved a lot uh, through. I think we moved somewhere around ten times before I graduated high school. Oh wow! Um, I'm the only only one of my brothers that went to the same high school for all four years. Oh, so my oldest brother went to three, um, second brother went to three, and the littlest two went to three as well. So oh, wow. just bouncing from school to school. I mean, the, the life of a coach's son. So. Uh, Throughout that, we always always went to church. Um, we always played sports, and those things were um, pretty much the two staples of our house. We didn't do all else, to be honest. <laughs> a lot of church and a lot of football. Um, and so, grew up watching my brothers play. Uh, ex- kind of excited for my time. And then when I when I became a, an athlete in the high school level, I was just so focused on that and figured out uh, what I wanted to do the next step. Um, played in college, and then kind of now. Um, I'm a strength conditioning coach for a company called Performance Course, and um, that's just been exciting to to live uh, kind of a, a, a more than a job, a mission, something that's exciting that, that I don't view as work. Um, so that's that's a nutshell version of, of my upbringing. I go a hundred different ways with that, but that's kind of just in a nutshell. So being a coach's son, I know you said you played football. Did you play other sports? Yeah, so I played. Um, before, or I guess, leading up to high school, I played football, basketball, baseball, ran track. Um, and then in high school, I played football, uh, basketball, and baseball. So I just never stopped Went from in-season, right in the next season, right in the next season, summer, and then did it all again. So, And you were able to play college football. So what at what point did you realize that football was the sport you want to pursue past high school? Yeah, so, you know, really basketball and football were my two loves. Okay. Loved basketball, still do, still play a lot. Um, And basketball was something that I I really, really enjoyed. I had a a goal in the front yard that I would just shoot on all the time, all the time. And then I played football with my brothers as well. Um, And I had had some JUCO tryouts for basketball. And I I 
went there and said, man, these guys are really good. I think they may be a little bit out of my league. And, and so I, I knew I could own the football route. And so I had those two options, but I ended up just wanting to say, I'm going to pour everything into football my senior year as far as um, looking towards getting recruited and going that way in that direction. So, um, and to be honest, it wasn't an easy route. It wasn't something, I wasn't a whole lot of interest. Um, I don't know how many people know this about me, but I played at a private school. I played the sec, our first two years, we played regular private school taps, three or three A or whatever it was, small school taps. Our last two years, my junior and senior year, we didn't have enough people to field an 11 man team. Ah. And our, our, our school said, you either play six man football or you don't have football at all. And so, not having football at all was an option. So we ended up playing six man football my, my junior and senior year. And I, I was, I, probably as you can expect, there wasn't a whole lot of college interest right. in a private school, small school, six man football player. Wow. So uh, that was a, a, a challenge in and of itself, but ended up, you know, plugging into the right avenues and getting some, some talks with schools, ended up playing in JUCO and, and then signing at a Division two school in Adams State. And, so that was an exciting part. Where is Adams State? Uh, Adams State's in Alamosa, Colorado. It's kind of a Colorado. right in between mountain, real beautiful place. Um, but not a whole lot to do if you're not playing football uh, other than, I guess, ski. Um, but, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a fun time. What, what position did you play in college? Did you just take so quarterback? I played quarterback. Um, and I played in JUCO. I actually played in two JUCOs. So Ranger Junior College in West Texas. That was mm-hmm. my first um, program I played. They actually shut down the program my freshman year. No more football. It's the last football that's been played there. So they opened us up to being recruited by schools we played. So I went and played at another junior college my, my sophomore year, oh. New Mexico Military Institute. So played there. And then the third year, got recruited by Adam State. So three school, three different colleges my first three years. So that was, that was an experience. So hearing that, talking about three colleges, mm-hmm. didn't, do you think maybe moving a lot as a kid, being a coach son, helped you with that? 100%. I think what that did is it, it allowed me to be um, able to talk to anybody. Yeah. I, I knew – well, it did two things. It helped me be able to talk to anybody. And secondly, it gave me some built-in best friends with my brothers because I knew any friend I make, no matter how close we are, I'm, I'm probably going to move <laughs> within one or two years. So I'm going to not be your friend forever, which which was tough. But then I always said, okay, i got four friends that are, they'll never leave me. They're my brothers. So that able to gave us as brothers a really strong close bond because you know growing up we were all we had, and then it able to kind of have me be a chameleon whenever I'd go to a new place I could fit right in I could mm. talk to people just because that's what I've been doing my whole life. Yeah, that's good. So what what would you say is maybe a greatest memory or accomplishment in football? Oh man, um, there's a lot of uh, memories of, of failure <laughs> in the college for the ranks, but there's a few good things that came out of it. Uh, so. Um, my senior year, I actually got moved from, and I'll probably get into a little more of this later when you, uh, a few other topics come up, but I got moved from quarterback to running back, slot receiver, and kick returner, and kind of that kind of uh, hybrid utility position. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that position, I, was very, I fought it very much at first. I've been a quarterback my whole life. Um, and then one game, everything just clicked, and I was able to break um, our school's uh, all-purpose yards record in a game. That was an all-time record. So that was an exciting game um, that just everything kind of fell into place at the right time. Um, so uh, that's one of them. The second kind of memory would be the year before my junior year at Adams State. We played uh, Mason State, which is a top 25 school at the time. Uh, and they were undefeated in conference, and we 
we were down three with about 50 seconds to play, and we drove down the field and threw a touchdown with about, I don't know, eight, nine seconds left to play to win that game. So those two moments were just they – were, they were pretty awesome. Few and far between, but they were pretty awesome. That is now. awesome. <laughs> so you mentioned um, in the, when you are talking a little bit about your background that you're in a, a trainer now. So what was the road that led to a career in performance training? And then also you mentioned performance course. Maybe talk a little bit about sure. who performance course is and what do you, what's your role there. Yeah, so um, you know, strength conditioning became something that I really – um, and passionate about that actually happened later in life because um, my, my whole mission as a, as a kid was to be a high school football coach like my dad that was my that was what I went to school for that was what my mind was I'm going to be a coach and a teacher and that's my whole deal you know and, and performance course was an opportunity that I got to work at in the summer as a college kid okay as a college athlete performance course trains um, schools and it goes to the schools and trains takes over their summer strength conditioning uh, and even you know some schools it takes over in-season programs that are at the high school such as Coppell. Um, but I worked part-time over the summers and had a great time learning and, and being around athletes. It was a whole lot better as a college kid than going and working at McDonald's. Right, absolutely. To be around athletes and to get paid for it was just kind of a dream come true. So I was very familiar with that by working for it part-time uh, two years prior um, to my graduation. When I graduated, our owner, Gino Pierce, uh, he called me and said, hey, I want to offer you a full-time position. I turned him down. I said, no, I'm, I'm going to be a coach and a teacher, and I appreciate it. And he said, well, do you have any offers? And I said, no, not right now. And he said, well, why don't you just meet with me? Let's see how it goes. And so he kind of sold me on, look, if you, if you get involved with this, you're going to be around a lot of coaches, and there's going to be connections to be made, and maybe you can plug in that way. And I, I ended up committing to the performance course for one year, and since then, it was it was very evident that God had created a skill set in me that um, was perfectly laid out in what I do at the force course. And I, I, I saw the two, both what I needed, responsibilities and my skill set kind of merge. And I said, man, I'm not leaving. <laughs> so it's wow. been, you know, since 2010 now, so going on close to eight years. Oh, wow. Um, since that happened, I, I haven't looked back since. So performance course is kind of a, uh, a unique program. But what we what we do is we contract to school districts and we go in and we act as the strength conditioning coaches. We want to be as much as close to the college model as we can. You have a position coach that coaches you football and then you have a strength coach that coaches you in athleticism. Mm-hmm. So our job is to come in and, and train an athlete in, in the weight room, but also through movement and tie all those together. And we kind of have a stance of we want to make athletes better in three ways. Number one, as an athlete obviously number two and bigger to us as a teammate number three and most important as a person Hmm. and so those are the three goals that we try to work with at performance course and you know uh, over the course of my years we've I think doubled in size and we we now work with close to 40 schools across the metroplex uh, and and even some in Austin a few in East Texas and Houston so it's been an awesome journey and really one that 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 God has guided me through throughout that's awesome so I read in your bio um in preparing for this, that you've trained a number of Division One athletes, some professional athletes. Is there one or two that kind of stick out in your mind? Definitely one or two that stick out in my mind. Uh, I think to preface this, I'll tell you this, is that uh, what we do at Forest Course is, is strictly an aid to what the high school coaches already do because those guys have laid the foundation for all those athletes. And certainly it could be nothing that I come in and say, well, I've trained in the weight for three years and I made it who he was. There's mm-hmm. no, no, no doubt about it. And the guy I'm about to mention, you know, if I'd never been in his life, I'm pretty sure he'd been okay. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to work with him and to help 
created a bond with him, and that's Kyler Murray of Allen, Texas. Oh, yeah. And now he plays at OU and went to AM. Kyler and me have a special bond. I've, I've really grown as he's graduated. I've worked with him since he was a sophomore. And I've seen him mature as a young man, as an athlete. And then after college, going through, I don't know how many of you guys know about his situation. AM went there and kind of split time and ended mm-hmm. up transferring. And that was a difficult time for him. And, and so during that time, me and him, I think, really grew as close as we as we've ever been um, and just kind of talking about how to handle that situation mm. it wasn't it wasn't going the way he had wanted it to go right absolutely and, and I look back and I've told him I think that was very good for him um, because of that so Kyler sticks out because not only on the field man I, in my opinion he's the greatest high school player that ever played I've never seen that some pure athleticism it's, it, I mean, absolutely he's unreal you know and so to watch him play like that and, and then develop a relationship with him off the field and kind of be able to pour into him as a young man and, and, and you know I'm one of those guys with Kyler that I don't really take anything from him I kind of check him on some things and I think he appreciates that because he doesn't get a lot of that outside of his father and you know some coaches but I check him I, I push him hard towards what what is right mm. and, and are you are you keeping up with what's going on in your character and, and academics and things of that nature so that's really brought us together another, another one I'm not quite as close with him but just working with him as a guy um, plays at TCU now, but he's from Waxach. His name is Jalen Rager. He was a freshman of the year in the Big 12 this year, a receiver. And this guy was a great leader, fun to, to be around. But the thing I noticed most about this guy is, man, he is him and Kyler are the most athletic kids I've ever trained in my hmm. life. Like I said, I think you're born a certain way to be as good as those guys are. And, and I would like to say that we gave them a little bit of tools to kind of right. in their toolbox to continue on the journey. But those two guys stand out as just – you know, some of those phenomenal guys I've ever trained. That's good. No, I remember uh, seeing Kyler play when he was at Allen against Ooh. Capel. And, yeah, I don't know if I've seen anyone that naturally gifted. Mm-hmm. He's a gifted player. And I think that, well, one of the things that gets uh, undernoticed with him is how hard he works. Yeah. He's a hard worker. He's a quiet guy. He's not a real big point-look-at-me guy. He's a mm-hmm. quiet guy, and he's and he goes about his business, and he prepares um, you know the, the way that you would think of an athlete of that caliber would prepare. I mean, he's a high-level preparation guy. And I'm very excited. He's supposed to be the star of this year at OU. I'm very excited to see him blossom and kind of all that work that he's been doing for the last two years and kind of in the shadows to see that come to fruition. It'll be fun. That is good. So let's shift to faith for a moment. I mean, this podcast sure. we talk about sports and faith. You mentioned um, growing up, your family was very active in the church. But what point in your life did you? Realize that you needed a relationship with Jesus. Sure. It wasn't your family's faith that could save you. Yeah, you know, I, I went to, to church growing up my whole life, and um, I, I really think my parents instilled a really good foundation of, of understanding that Christ is who He is. Um, but through college, I, I kind of drifted a little bit. I went, and I, um, I don't know that the habit growing up was my own. I think I went because I was supposed to, and I had fun. I, I was, I didn't. I did not like where I was going, but I think there wasn't an intrinsic desire to be a part of the church within me. I think I just did it because I was supposed to. So when I left home, went to school, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to church. Mm. I didn't go to church. I, I, if you would ask me if I was a Christian, I would have said yes. Right. Um, but I, there was probably little evidence in my life that that was something that was true. Um, didn't go to church. Went throughout. I would, I would pray from time to time. I'd go to church when I came home. Um, but that wasn't something that was a big part of my life. And honestly, it was, I was chasing football and that was really, you know, God needed to kind of wait. This is my dream right now. Here's where I'm going with that. And, 
you know, what, what I kind of call really two points in my life, my defining moments. And number one was being a senior quarterback at App State and kind of being on top of the world in my mind, you know. I'd worked since I was 10 years old to be in this position, finally playing college football, uh, and being benched for a freshman in that scenario. Um, that was one where God kind of pulled the rug underneath and said, hey, you, you put a lot of stock into these things that are circumstantial, and that's that's your identity. Hmm. Let's just see how you do when those things aren't, aren't about you. Now, secondly, I had a, had a girlfriend through that time and, and, and really even after that for about, we dated for seven years, uh, and this was... I think it ended in about 2013, but those two things, I think I stood my identity on. I'm a football player, and I have this girlfriend, and that's really who I am about. Mm. God, you're a piece of my life, but you're not anything else than your piece. And if you want a lot of my life, you can have it. You can't have these two pieces. Though. Oh, wow. You can't have my football life, and you can't have this girl life. Uh-uh. So when you took the football thing, shook my, shook my existence. My, oh, who am I anymore? Okay, well, I still got my girlfriend, so I'm pour it all in there. So I, I'm, that's, that's who I am. I'm this guy. Well, then that didn't work out. And when he took that from me, I just looked up. And, and, and mind you, I'm still, I'm still at, at this point, I've been in performance course for two or three years. Mm-hmm. I'm loving that piece of life. But I have not secured who I am as a person in anything other than that girl. Wow. And when that was taken from me, I, I really, I spent about six months just kind of feeling empty, feeling like, they're like, what, what have I done all this work for? I, I, I feel like I've worked my whole life to play football and to be in this position. Now, I don't really know what's next. I'm not excited about anything. I just, I don't know who I am. And it was around that time that uh, God sent me to a church called Watermark, which is in Dallas, and um, kind of had some buddies that were there and went because I had some friends, and they had encouraged me to be in, in this community group. And it's a group of men who wanted to sharpen each other towards God. And honestly, I, I, I didn't really want to be a part of that. I wasn't all that excited about committing one night a week for a year, which is what the commitment was. Wow. I was thinking, oh, are you kidding me? That was a big commitment. (laughs) So I reluctantly did that. And just so happened that it timed out right when me and that girl were on the rocks and we ended up, you know, breaking up. And and I had those guys there. And I just remember pouring into them, not because I wanted to, because I didn't have an option. I was just, I I had so much feeling of what was going on in my life. I just was, I leaned on them and they just pointed me to truth. And they pointed me to truth. And they pointed me to truth. And then for the next three years, the, the accountability and, and, and truth that was poured into me over that group, man, it created this foundation of my hope in the Lord. Unlike, you know, anything I'd ever been before, nothing, no, no um, sense before as I was growing up that I feel that rock that I was standing on, like, like circumstances were not going to shake me. And it was through that three or four years that um, God really solidified in my heart who he was and who he was to me personally, not my parents' faith, not my church's faith, mm-hmm. not my friend's faith. But through that time of really being accountable to truth by four, five, six guys over the course of that three years is when I, I think I've solidified and God said, look, this is who I am. This is who I can be to you in a real way if you want it. And, and, and that kind of peace and joy that I found in that, I'll, I'll never go back. Wow. I, I mean, two things that stand out when you share that story is identity, understanding our identity in Christ, and just a reminder as Christians, we can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people think, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I, I got this figured out. But if you don't have other believers Ooh. for accountability, that's that's good. That's a great reminder. 
I know I, I need those reminders. Absolutely. And I know through your um, job with performance course, you're, you've already mentioned you're in schools and even in, in the middle schools. And I know for a fact that you take your faith with you because our older son, Miles, got introduced to performance course last year at Middle School East here in Capel. And he would come home and talk about Coach Baca, Coach Baca, Coach Baca. <laughs> and the music Coach Baca is playing, Dad, you got to listen to the song. He's playing this Christian Christian rap music and and I kept thinking, man, at a school, you know, and so, you know, he I know you you had a huge impact on him just by your boldness of who, you know, taking it to your workplace. So um, talk about what it's like to go in the schools with your faith and you know, I'm just kinda curious if you ever received any pushback from schools on that. Sure. So uh, I'll I'll preface this answer with kind of a little story. Um, when I was in third grade, we were in Austin area, um, in Elgin, Texas, and my dad, Eddie Baca, um, he would pray. He was the head coach at Elgin High School, and he would pray before every every game. And he, he got a lot of pushback from that from parents uh, until it finally reached this culmination of this craziness, and, and then the town or, or people in the town sued him for, hey, separation church and state, you're wow. involving my, my son around Jesus, and what if he doesn't want that? And as a third grader, seeing, number one, I was in the middle of this, right, because I go to school, I hear about it. I got everywhere I'm at, I hear about it. And seeing my dad stand firm and say, look, the world can come for me, uh, but I, I'm to live as Christ and to die as gay. I'm, I'm going to pour into what I believe in and stand bold and let God take care of the rest. So from a young age, I, I had seen boldness mm. and I'd seen a lack of care for what the world says is okay and, and, and an attention to truth. And so, you know, from my dad's example, I, I try not to shy away from that either. And I, you know, I look at, a I look at the platform that I have as an opportunity that God's given me, number one, to use the gifts that he's given me for his glory, but number two, to make disciples and to share that faith. And so... I'll, I'll, I'll mention at the at, during all programs, hey, you know, I think you guys need to find your why and your purpose. And I'll talk about that and I'll tell them, here's what my why is. I'm not saying that this is what you have to believe in. I'm not shoving this down your throat, but I am going to let you know that this is what I'm about. And, and I think I, I think that's my right as a person to tell people what I'm about. And mm. I think you can do that in a way where um, you are bold and you're presenting, but you're also respectful of the rules of your school. And, and at the end of the day, if, 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 if my heart's in the right place and I'm pushing Jesus and there's pushback, man, I, I say bring it on. Uh, I'm like, I'll be excited to that because I know that if there's pushback to what I'm doing for God's name, then I'm, I'm being effective and the enemy wants me to stop. Amen. So that's I'm right. excited about if that's, that, true. If that's what happens. So I yeah. uh, haven't had any yet. And I've been very supportive by um, all, the, all the schools that we work with. And, and like I said, I, I, there's a way I go about it. Um, it's my personal story. It's all I can share is what I've been through. I, I can't tell you, you know, you, I get some questions sometimes that I can't answer. I can't answer why it's bad things happen to good people and all these different questions. I can't tell you here's who God's been in my life. And, that, and that, that to me is not breaking any law. That's not being, that's just sharing you an experience of mine. And I think that's completely within bounds. That's awesome. I know. I mean, I, as a parent, um, we appreciate it, number one. And I mean, you've had an impact on our son. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I think that's why I'm here. I mean, that's ultimately the reason why I want to wake up every morning is to be, you know, I think it, it, Jackie, Jackie Robinson said it best is that a life is worthless without unless in the service of others. And I think that's what God has created me for is to be a person that I can identify with young people. I can help them um, 
reach their goals and through the whole while kind of teach them, hey, there's there's some importance to things beyond football, beyond sports, but you're learning that discipline and those things through athletics. I think it's a great platform. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm pr- proud to use it for his name. That's incredible. So another question, I'm kind of curious on your, your experience. So I mentioned in the intro, our mission statement as an organization is all in sports outreach exists to share the hope and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and promote unity and racial reconciliation. So it's no secret our culture is divided. So how do you see in your role kind of not really as a, as a coach, but in the schools of seeing um, sports bringing people together. Have you seen that in your own experience where, where there is some maybe division? You've seen sports as a way to bring people together. Well, I always say when I see, um, I'll see a new story or I'll see something, a headline that I'll talk about, we're as divided as ever as a country. And, and then there's probably some truth to that. But my, I've answered people that, that are outside the athletics department. They don't, they're not in sports. They don't see the high school ranks and things of that nature. But I tell them, if you want to see uh, unification, just go to a high school locker room. Mm. You're going to see a white kid, a Hispanic kid, an African-American kid, and all of them love each other and all of them get along. And they don't care the race style. They don't care uh, where you went, to, where you go to school or where you're at. And they're, they're all about the, each other and, and a common goal. So I, I think... Um, the role of athletics bringing in people who would not normally be around people, right? So they're going to bring diversity to kids' lives that maybe not otherwise happen. Mm. It's no secret that as a culture, you know, whoever we are, our subcultures, we're going to gravitate to who is most like us. That's, that's not a secret. I don't think that's wrong. But well, the great thing about sports is, is I know personally, and I've seen it, is it brings in your life people that you may have never spent time with. And it gives you kind of an insight to Hey, this person may have a little bit of difference about, but but he's about he goes through the same things I go through. He struggles the same way I, I struggle. He's just a person the same as I am. Mm-hmm. And so I think it breaks down some of those uh, cultural barriers that we have. We set up and athletics is a way to bring that um, diversity to have some sort of common ground. Now, I, I love that in, in sports. Um, I, I know it's why my future kids are going to play sports and they, they don't have a choice. <laughs> they, they, they don't have to play it their whole life, but they're going to play it for a while. And, and because they need to learn those things that it teaches. I think that's what I say. Why have I given my life to sports? And, be, and here's why. Number one, I've given my life to Christ. And you, sports is a platform. That's all it is. Sports is a platform that shows. It teaches success and it teaches spirituality in a way that honestly, you know, there's not few things else in life can teach. It teaches hard work. It teaches discipline. It teaches uh, community. It teaches accountability and things that, you know, are hard to duplicate in our world and, and other facets. So I'm a huge proponent of what athletics does and how it brings people together. Very good point. That's really when we started this organization in Selma, Alabama in 2015, that was the driving force of kind of starting it was sports as a way to, to bring That's people it. together. So Absolutely. It's very good. So you've kind of hit on this a little bit, but um, I'll start this question by we do have student, a lot of student athletes and coaches that listen. So, you know, you mentioned what your dad went through when you were in third grade and just – it's not easy for some people to live out their faith in, in school and in boldness, especially, um, you know, I know some students and, and coaches struggle with that because balancing the laws. Sure. Um, but what advice would you offer? Because, I mean, you've, you said it very clearly that 
And I agree with you that sports is an incredible platform. So what advice would you offer somebody who is a believer but unsure or struggling to live out their faith? Sure. How, I mean, what some encouragement you would you offer know, them? The, the best way I've ever heard to put uh, is that in 2 Corinthians 4 kind of backs this up, but, it, but it's talking about having an eternal versus uh, a temporary mindset. And I, I, I always want to look at the lens of life through hearing my Savior say, well done, my good faith, sir. Mm. And I want to know that, let's say I get 80 years in this life, and that's probably pushing that. Who knows? You know, life expectancy is around there. 80 years, I'm 30. I got about 50 left. I'm almost halfway down. And, and I, I look at what I've accomplished and be like, man, I'm excited. I got married. I've got a loving wife that I just adore. I, I've got a great career. But at the end of the day, if, I, if you were to tell me, hey, right now it's done, you got nothing else. I'd say, whoa, has it all been worth what? Oh, my goodness. What? Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't take any of this stuff with me. So I look at my life, and I, I want to look not as a, as a way of having a uh, what I call categorization believer. I don't want to be a category believer where I'm a believer on Sunday, I'm a believer on Wednesday, and then I go about my life. And then I'm back to – and that to me is, is really confusing for my mind. So when you talk about all in or, or being able to represent – uh, your faith at, a, at, a, at, a, at the level of, of schools or your job and how to be excited about that. To me, it's about looking at life as this vapor, right? This life is going to come and it's going to go. And when it goes, what have you put your investment in? And to me, I've always looked at the best investment ever is the one that's going to be there forever. And so rather than invest in what this world says, worry about popularity, worry about if I'm going to fit in, worry about if what I'm doing is going to be accepted. I know um, that my Savior has given me uh, a pretty good set of boundaries and, and rules and things, you know, not, not a checklist to follow, but, a, but a, a good idea of saying, here's a way to live that can produce peace, that can produce joy, uh, and, and that ultimately can, can end in eternal life. So when I make a decision on a daily basis, my, my mindset, I try to be rooted in and I'm living for that welcome, my good and faithful servant moment. I'm living for the end where God says, hey, for about five years there, you might have struggled. There was people that were after you because you were expressing your word. I'm going to say, I'll, I'll take that five years and I'll be okay with that because I know that eternity's coming. And I would have rather sacrifice five years of pain for representing Jesus and have eternity of joy and glorifying him in his name. And that to me is the lens of which I look at life. It's not, there's not a job, there's not church, there's not that. Man, to me, it's all the same. It's all an opportunity to yeah. share his word. And, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that I, I'm perfect at doing that daily. Right. But that is the mission. And that's something that I will continue to reinforce my actions in and, and, and have accountability to say, hey, here's some areas you're not doing that in. But at the end of the day, that is my driving force. Well done. My good and faithful servant. That's what I'm living for here at the end of my life. That's awesome. So you kind of already answered my next question about what it means to about all in to be all in. So mm-hmm. I got one more that just I'm just kind of curious if you had a favorite scripture you'd like to close the podcast with that you just that you maybe God shown you recently or just one that's like your go to scripture. Sure, um, a couple of them that I that I think of, and I and I'm, you're going to make me quote these and I'm, I'm going to see if I can get them right here but <laughs> one that I constantly say and it's in Psalms and it, it talks about know me God and search my heart mm. try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there are any unrighteous ways in me that to me is a prayer that I, I offer up daily because here's one thing uh, that if I could tell any young believer this is what I want him to know hey these guys who you look at that are believers that are 30 and, and the ones you look at that are 50 the one 
I looked at them and said, man, you're unattainable. How can I get you perfect? Everything you do is rooted in God. How do you get there? And the main thing I'd say is, man, there is no such thing as perfection on this earth. Amen. And we are all in, in a pursuit of chasing Jesus. And yeah, there's people that are further along than I am, the people that are less along, but we're all on the same path, the same pursuit. Uh, and, and we're never going to be like Jesus. But but that that pursuit of continuing to chase who he is is what matures us. And so for me, sitting on my knees and saying, Lord, search me, try me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any ways of unrighteousness in me, show me those things, because I want God to flesh it out and say, well, here's where you're falling short. And here, and then and then that accountability of having men around me to kind of, if I say, look, here's something I'm struggling and I, I honestly, I don't want to give it up. I, I need some help in this area. That verse sticks out a lot. And then 2 Corinthians 4, I mentioned a minute ago, um, I think it's 16 or 17, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 or 17, it talks about um, focusing, now fix your eyes on what is eternal, mm. um, not what is temporary, because what is unseen is eternal, what is seen is temporary. And it, it talks about how life is fading away, and you as an outside person, you're fading away, but inner, your inner person is renewing day by day. Um, and, and so for me, my main mission is to, number one, get on my knees every day and renew my mind, because this enemy out there, man, he's good. And he is always at work. And so if you don't renew your mind on a daily basis, he's going to get you. And, and I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that because I've seen him pull me in ways that I look back and say, how did I get pulled that way? Simple, because I wouldn't renew my mind, you know, consistently. So those two verses really stick out to me, the searching me and, and, and just to let God know, I want to give you everything, but there's some things in here that I don't even know that are going on. And, and when he pulls it out of you and shows you those things, it's really fun to say, oh, awesome, you're working through me. And then just rooting those things in, knowing that, hey, I'm wasting away hourly, but inwardly I'm being renewed day by day because I'm fixing my eyes. I'm not as what is seen, but what is unseen. What is unseen or what is seen is temporary, what is unseen eternal. So those two scriptures are really, really something that I, that I focus on daily. Man, that's awesome. I could I think we could talk a lot more, but that's a good way to that's a good way to kind of put a put a bow on this and, sure. and wrap it up with just a reminder that we all need to start our day on our knees. Absolutely. You know, that and to, I've I've been really in my own walk with the Lord the last four or five months really been looking at what does it mean to invest in the eternal, have an eternal perspective, you know, kind of what Absolutely. you're saying, you know, because it's so easy to get wrapped up in what we see and then forget that, you know, we need, our focus needs to be eternal. And I think for for me, one of the things just to add here, one of the things that I I kind of always lose sight of at times, especially when I was younger, is that I would think that God wants me to do that for him. Mm. Do that for him. Okay, God, I'm going to have this life. It's going to be boring. I'm going to hate it, but I got to do it for you. The truth is number one, God doesn't need any of us. Amen. He allows us to be used. Absolutely. And he wants that because it's better for us. And that's what I found as a growing Christian. Like the more I invest in him, the more I build my life on him and say, Lord, everything else you can have, I'm not going to put my hope in temporary. The more I said, wow, life's a whole lot more fun. Life's a whole lot more peaceful. It's a whole more joyful. And so I think sometimes we get it twisted in life and we think, okay, God's just this God up here that wants everything from us. He wants everything from us because he knows that's the best for us. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need our works. He doesn't need our, our glory or our dedication. He doesn't need any of that. He's God, he's, he's God Almighty. He allows us to be a part of that for what it can do for us in our hearts. And so I think sometimes 
that's another piece of encouragement that I tell young people is don't you got to understand God's not this God that's up there trying to to kind of put you in a box and not let you enjoy life. That's not who mm. he is. He's here saying, look. I know these things seem appealing, these things that are not for me, but I'm telling you, they're going to lead in destruction. They're going to lead in, 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 in addiction. They're going to lead to things that are going to lead you to no pain or no, only pain and no joy. But over here, look, if you just look, trust me, I promise you, it's so much sweeter on this side. And so for me, I've kind of experienced that and saying, like, I, I've tasted some of the things the world offers and, and none of it satisfied, but living for Christ daily and knowing, Lord, if you took my job today, if you took my house today, I, that would not be fun, but I'll be okay. I'll be okay. And, and I, I think that sometimes just knowing that it's not for him, it's for us. He's, he, he allows us to be part of his glory for our sake because he loves us that much. So that's one thing I like to think of too. That's an awesome perspective too, just a reminder that, you know, that God, yeah, you're right, God does not need me, mm-hmm. you know, but the fact that he's allowing me to be a part of something good should just show his love yeah yeah yes it's a huge blessing but a lot of times i think we get we do get it backwards oh yeah you know all right you gotta do this because you need me to do this no you gotta do this because he he's allowing you to and because once you do that man he just shows you the peace that surpasses all understanding it just man rocks your world it makes everything pretty awesome absolutely well thanks man for uh taking some time i know you you know busy schedule um I've been encouraged, and I mean, your boldness I've seen from afar here in the community is always an encouragement for me, but to sit down and talk about it is has been great for me, hopefully listeners as well, so, um, you know, just keep, keep being you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. Y'all, wow, that was powerful, powerful testimony from Coach Baca. I don't know about you, but I am incredibly fired up, incredibly uh, excited right now. And every time I'm around Coach Baca, I just leave so enthused, um, not just for his passion for Christ, just his passion for life and embracing his platform and his calling. It's just a reminder that no matter who we are, if you're an athlete, a coach, or mom, dad, no matter what your career, no matter what stage of life you're in, we all have a platform and we need to embrace it with the same passion that Coach Baca embraces his, that no matter where we are, we are to share the hope and the power of the gospel, whether athletics or not. So again, thank you, Coach Baca, for taking the time. And I hope that you are encouraged um, by his testimony. And, you know, just a couple of takeaways that our identity is in Christ and Christ alone. It's not in, in any sport, a girlfriend, boyfriend, um, job, cars, money. Our identity is in Christ and Christ alone. And the second thing I took away from him was accountability. We need people in our lives that are going to hold us accountable. We need to be transparent with other believers in our lives. People are going to call us out and say, hey, man, you know, you're struggling here. Hey, have you thought about this? Or I'm praying for you. Or in the last thing was just to be grounded in the word. You know, he and I talked at length off of the podcast when we weren't recording about spending time in the word and the importance of that. So, Guys, I hope you were just as encouraged as I and that you would understand your identity in Christ and Christ alone. You would be in community where there's accountability and that you would faithfully, faithfully be in the Word. So thank you for listening. I hope you'll share this podcast with family and friends. I believe Coach Baca's story is powerful and can encourage anybody who will listen to it. So thank you again for taking the time. 
We love hearing from you. So please send us a message, send us some feedback. Our Facebook page is All In Sports Outreach, or you can contact us on our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. And also both of those sites, you can keep up to date with opportunities to pray for us, to serve with us, and also to give to help us continue this ministry of spreading the hope and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and promoting unity through sports as that is a proven method. And the last thing I'd ask you to do is to go to iTunes podcast, search All In Sports Outreach, leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the more visibility this podcast gets, which increases the platform that the gospel can continue to spread through media. Again, thank you to everybody for your time and listening. And until next time, God bless.